When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We're all aligned in what our vision is and how we see the needs of this team this year, next year, and overall our whole time horizon. Uh, you know, I think when people look at teams, they can sometimes do it in a very binary way. And they ask, are you either all in or are you tearing it down and rebuilding? And I don't really look at the world that way. I kind of try and, you know, the way we look at it is we're trying to navigate both worlds. We're trying to live in today and tomorrow or the competitive rebuild, however you want to phrase it or market it. Uh, and so I think that's kind of how we've approached this offseason and our time horizons uh, going forward. That, 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 that's, that's like more than Rick Spielman has said in 15 years as general manager, right? Like that that sentence, mm-hmm. calling it a competitive rebuild, is more than I think we got in a decade and a half. Is it fair to say? Like did Rick ever say anything that specific? Oh, no. I don't remember now. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. That That is, I think, the most insightful answer that he gave as well because there was a lot I thought of but that wasn't the question, Crazy. So he got off. He, he's very good at times at taking a question and being, he's a nice guy. Like he's good at being nice and playing nice. And intentional. So, and intentional. And Rick, of course, came off as, you know, Rick. Yeah. So the breath of fresh air, I think, is in how the questions are handled. Also, the, uh, the PJ Fleck quarter zip over the button up. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. He's got the Vikings quarter zip. With the but he doesn't have the That's tie. Look. He doesn't have the tie, but he does have the quarter yep. zip over the button up. Very bold move. It's a good look. Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, when, yeah. When, you, when you're in good shape, you know, sh- show it off. You know? I bet he dresses really well. Yeah, the that's tomorrow. nice. Yeah. Do the same tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this is Purple Daily. A little, little bonus episode here today. Not quite an emergency episode, but definitely a, a, a bonus because we just wanted to to flesh out thoughts on that Quasi press conference. If you missed our write that down predictions, check those out. Those should be posted to uh, the show is presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and TCL, which has a new lineup of award winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So let's start. We're going to play some clips from the Quasi press conference here. This is the first time that he's spoken to reporters since the Kirk Cousins extension and the Zadarius uh, Smith signing. But um, what do you make of him? I mean, he he just called it. He said it's not binary what we're trying to do here. Like a lot of people view NFL front officing as black and white. You're either rebuilding or you're all in and you're going for it. And and he said, you know, I like to live in both worlds. And if you want to call it a competitive rebuild, you can call it that. What did you make of that? 
I guess I'd like to know more about, so like the response is intriguing. I guess what I'd like to know is, is this all your choice or are you, or have you basically been told we want to be competitive? And then he's like, okay, I think I can accomplish that, but I'm also going to try and, and um, in my own way with what I can do, rebuild this team. So I'm very much wait and see. Am I convinced it's Quasi's decision and decision alone to take these these tracks, multiple tracks potentially? No, I'm not. Um, but I do think that there probably was a mandate that, hey, we got Kirk, you know, Zim. I, look, I think what we keep saying is the truest thing possible. I think right or wrong, people in that building convince themselves, the most important ones, I should say, convince themselves that Mike Zimmer was the problem. Now, I, I happen to agree with the fact that he was part of the problem. I don't put as much on Mike as they do. Mm-hmm. But I think the Quasi's trying to do his best right now that he possibly can, having been given a mandate, but also probably ha- having a very good idea of what's best, if that makes sense. Yep. I think, well, and the problem with sort of riding the middle and overseeing a competitive rebuild is that you're withholding some of your ability to go quicker into a rebuild Correct. and more aggressively into a rebuild. And you're also withholding, and I don't, and I don't think they're doing the second thing, but you would also be withholding your ability to go all in for this year. And, and that ability has been hampered just with where they're at cap wise. And he referenced that numerous times mm-hmm. for anyone that still thinks the cap is a myth or the cap is fake. The Kansas city chiefs in a super bowl window just traded Tyreek Hill because he's going to be too expensive. They literally cannot afford his contract over the next four or five years and Patrick Mahomes' contract and field. I mean, those guys would be taking up like 40% of your cap, and you have 51 other players on your roster that you have to pay. So is it man- uh, manipulatable? Yes. Is it? Can you get creative? Yes. But Quasi even referenced a few times, you know, yeah, I mean, Anthony Barr, that's a tough one, just where we're at cap-wise, right? And he made a couple other cap references too. So um, I think let's play the let's play the ownership clip here because he was asked about just how involved have the Wills been, what's it been like to work for them as you go through this process. Let's roll it. You know, Mark and Ziggy, they're passionate. So, you know, get a call from Mark, you get a call from Ziggy, an email from Lenny, and uh, it's awesome. You know, I love those guys. They're, they're so passionate about this sport, the Vikings. You know, they just, they're curious. This is this is their baby. They have questions. They want information. So I provide them with updates whenever I can. And as always, they just want to make sure that people are being intentional about what they're doing, thoughtful. And so I try and give them updates. So this is how we're seeing it. These are the options we have at our disposal. And this is what we can do. And this is what we can't do. And ultimately, you know, you talk about someone like Zadarius, you know, that's somebody that you have to call. Everybody's got a boss. You know, you have to call and make the, that decision. And they provide us with resources. They're so great here. I've, uh, you guys have known this longer than me, but they're incredible here. And so that, that dialogue's been great this, this offseason. So make no mistake here. He is 100% confirming that the Wilfs have been super involved over the past yeah. several weeks, right? And he's, and though even the way that he's, he's, he's even a little bit defensive like he can set i think he can sense some of the things that people have been saying and reporting and in his answer there he said hey they're just they're just curious like you know they just you know they just it's their baby and they just want to know and he's kind of going that extra step and and saying this is why they're so involved and he's and he's defending them and, and validating what they're doing but it ties back into what jeb was saying both five minutes ago and throughout the entire last two months that 
they clearly want to compete as much as possible, the Wilfs, in 2022-23. And that was the backdrop by which Kwesi had to operate this offseason. Hey, don't tear this down, please. And right. if that's your plan, you're not going to get hired. I mean, Ryan Poles just gave the Bears the most cap space of any team in the NFL for 2023. Right. Ryan Poles might have wanted to tear this thing down. Maybe that's part of the reason why Kwesi got the job. But he is essentially confirming as much as he possibly can in these answers that, yeah, it's it's the the edict is be as competitive as possible right now. And the Wills like to send emails, texts, and call me to see what's happening. I don't think it's a stretch to say that to a certain point, Quasi's hands have been tied. Like like to a certain point, he's free. Hey, go do what you want, baby, but you can't lose. Don't tr- don't try and lose. So, I I think he's trying to, in the nicest way possible, spin his reality, which is. I'm trying to do good things here, trying to build a team, but in the meantime, I have to make moves that I probably, or or I guess uh, more accurately, you guys, not make moves that I would like to make because the edict when I took the job was 2022, why not us? And I'm sure he knows exactly why. Yeah. Um, but I think the Wilfs, I, I really think, Phil, this comes back to a guilt a guilt from the fact that the people that own this team lost track of this team in 2021 and it turned into a disaster. And they're now completely intent on on saying we're involved now. I think there's a middle ground here and and I'm not sure that they're, that they found it. Hopefully they do as the trust builds. Um, But I think that in 2021, they didn't know that their coach and GM weren't talking and now they're calling a lot. So, yeah. so hopefully at some point in time here, we're, we're going to go, we're going to get back to where I think the Wilfs were for a long time, which is consult with us. We're very invested here, but this is your baby. And I, and I will say just like before we play any more clips or anything, I love this dude's demeanor. I love the way that he has handled questions and the media. He is, he just seems like a genuinely good human and a smart guy. The way that he, I think, gently, uh, you know, will shoot down certain questions that he either doesn't want to answer or can't answer. Like he's he's got a charm and a likability about him, and you can tell that he's probably the smartest guy in the room, but doesn't have to like let you know it. And he probably was given a difficult set of circumstances here, and that hey, we want to really compete but we're super pressed up against the cap. We've got some aging players, but we got to kind of push forward with them and also restock the cupboards going forward. And and as he called it, a competitive rebuild. And I think my biggest question to all of this, even though I love the way that he has handled I love the Zadarius Smith signing. I think there's more on the horizon. I think my question to the Wilfs and to Quasey would be, can you really be competitively rebuilding and also avoid mediocrity and the mediocrity question was asked of him and it's the logical question like how can you be kind of rebuilding and kind of playing for right now right and also somehow not be stuck at seven to ten wins which is the which is the biggest frustration among most vikings yes yes how are you going to win a championship and i don't know that the current in fact i do know i don't think that what they're currently doing is a championship track yeah, well, the Ram- the Rams gave up six years of first round picks because they were all in. They weren't competitively rebuilding. They were aggressively pushing to make the current product as good as possible. Two thousand twenty five, be damned, and it worked yeah. for them. 
Yeah, Quasi referenced um, the, the fact that he's friends with uh, with former Sixers executive Sam, Sam Hinkie. Hinkie, which sort of scared me a little bit because that process took a long time. But the process ultimately worked. I mean, they haven't won a championship, but like right. But Joel I'm just Embiid and I'm just saying um, I'm very much to be completely fair, very much in wait and see mode because I think it's just too. I, I think it's premature to try and judge this. The Sam Hinkie thing is really interesting. So he he referenced Sam Hinkie, and I'm trying yep. to find the year he was. He's been gone for like five years from yes from the Sixers, but he had that job during this what four or five year period where they completely stripped down the 76ers. Yep, that was to the you know be like a 12 to 15 win team, mm-hmm. stock up on as much draft capital as possible, get the top picks right, just get superstar players. So if one of his best friends in the sports general manager industry, that if, if his ethos is based around one of the most prominent tanks in professional sports, then history, you wouldn't do what he's doing. No, right? <laughs> no. One of my good no- friends, one of my good friends, Sam Hinkie, who literally <laughs> presided over the most famous tanking in recent and North I, American professional sports history. He wants me to go all in with this mediocre roster. Yeah. And I, I actually do think that in football, um, the strip down might work quicker. I think it does too. Yeah, I think if you stripped it down and, and look, there is no debate, and and we're seeing a team t- today go for it. The Miami Dolphins. Why? Because their quarterbacks are cheap. Because Tua and I have no idea. Tua might stink, but the fact is that if they're going to ride that train, Tua is on a rookie contract, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually think the the screw it, let's strip it down and sort of start again, but let's get a lot of draft capital. Let's draft the best quarterback available let's say in 2023 now i don't think that you are try. i don't think you are up against a process that has to take that long mm-hmm. it's my opinion but i don't yeah. but yes it would be odd to be like hanky is one of my best friends but i'm gonna ride the fence it's funny you're right yeah i think at this point because of how far they've already gone down the compete in 2022-23 path i would almost rather them find a place to trade that first round pick like I know people are going to say, well, no, 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 you got you can't just do that because then you're you know you're going to have a veteran player and well if you can make it work cap wise and jam more money into the future, wouldn't you rather trade that first round pick for an established like like Xavier, uh, who is is it um, Xavier Howard for instance? You need a cornerback to trade a first round. Now the Dolphins are win well, now, so they're probably not going to trade him anymore. But yeah. like, is there someone like that available that's in year four, year five? The contract hasn't kicked in yet. You're you're trying to win now. But 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 you're not trying to win now. You're you're trying to do both, <laughs> right? Which I really don't like. And here's the other. Here here is, I will take the statement to my grave. And if I'm wrong, it's old take old takes exposed big time. I don't think you have a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl. They think differently, but I don't. Like I and, and it's not just the contract. It's all of the Kirk things. I do not think that Kirk can make a deep playoff run. Um, and what, so and that's the key thing. That's and let's play. Let's we do have a clip here. Let's let's play Quasi on the Kirk extension, and then he said something else about Kevin O'Connell that we'll get to too. But let's play the Kirk thing here. I met with Mike, his his agent. We had a great dinner. We have a personal a mutual connection, so we we got along great. Um, we just talked about 
forming a partnership together and seeing how high we can take this thing together, um, adding rot, rot stability at that position, which is a really important position. You know, I, Kevin has this great term, you know, we do things on our terms. We do things on our terms on the field. And I also think that applies to team building. And so, you know, getting him in the fold, getting him to buy in, I think that was really, um, it was a win-win solution. Again, he gave up things we, we you know, but to make this partnership work and, and we're excited to have him. And then at a different point in the press conference, he referred to Kevin O'Connell wanting to put Kirk in better situations schematically. And he talked a lot about winning in the margins, how 80% of NFL games are decided by one possession. And if you can get in more advantageous second downs and third and shorts that, you know, these little things add up to big things. And I think all of us would agree looking at the Vikings antiquated offense the last several years that even though Kirk has his own set of flaws that, he hasn't been helped at all by the antiquated scheme and coaching and defense first mentality. So they're betting on a, a scheme and a better partnership between coach and quarterback, taking Kirk's game to another level. And at some point, you know, I've, I've got a little list of, you know, for, for Kevin O'Connell, the first like three or four things that you're going to need to, to fix with cousins. No, his stats aren't perfect despite what, you might see out there was it, there's some there's some really bad kryptonite within his game that needs to be rid of for them to reach that Super Bowl level. But they are banking on Kevin O'Connell as kind of a Kirk Cousins whisperer, and yeah. we'll I guess you know we'll we'll get to see pretty quickly I think in 2022 if there's some major differences to uh, to his game in certain spots. Kirk Cousins has never been a guy who I think does things on his terms. Screw you. Which is basically what, what I, I mean, that is what that statement means. We do things on our terms, which I love. That's a great, like, if that's true, that's awesome. That's a winning mentality that I absolutely love. And I, I think that a guy like, and he certainly failed at times, Brett Favre attempted to do things on his, his terms. Great players do. Uh, Brady, for sure, does things on his terms. I've never seen Kirk as a guy who does that. And I don't know that schemes and coaching can get him there. Yeah, he's he's not a he's not a dictator. Per, and when I say dictator, I don't mean like like dictator. I mean like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't dictate things. The it factor. He, he's more of a yeah. He's more of a passenger seat guy. Correct. Personality wise and, and everything. I love so, that statement. That's so awesome. can they can they get him can they get him to be less of a passenger seat guy and more of a dictator of the offense and the room leadership etc. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it is fair to say. Hey, our objective is to put him in better situations schematically. Let's get some more motions pre-snap that could give him some more open receivers. Let's get him in third and short more often than third and 12, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Don't you need, okay, if you're going to do that too, if you're going to go down the path that they're going down, don't you need to at the very least get him somebody who's not Garrett Bradbury at center? Yes. Like I think the center quarterback relationship becomes extremely important. And the center should be a guy that sort of galvanizes. I mean, he's good, but he also galvanizes the line. He's the guy that can take the pressure off. He's the guy that can help. Um, I just don't think Garrett Bradbury is, is conducive to doing that. Uh, no, I, I agree. And, and your treader idea is exactly where that comes in. Yeah, I'm still on the J.C. Treader wagon. Yeah, uh, there, there have been a lot of stories about – so he, does, he doesn't miss games, but there's been a lot of stories about the condition of his knees and how he wasn't practicing a lot last season. So maybe there's some concern. He, you know, he's been in the league long enough. He's like, what, 31 or 32? So are there 
why haven't there been more teams, you know, looking to sign J.C. Treader at this point? It's kind of weird that he's just sitting out there. There's not a whole lot of steam. So are there some injury things there that still I would take a gamble? I mean, like on a one- or two-year contract, you kind of need a bridge center because you don't have a franchise center right now. So you you could use a year or two, even if he's banged up a little bit, hey, come play the last couple of years with the Vikings and make a run at this thing with Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings can look for a center in the draft the next two years. I got a crazy thought. Would they possibly try and trade back a bit in the first round and take the the uh, Hawkeyes center? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like They, the, they need two cornerbacks. Yeah. Where where are they going to find? I mean, are they, well, he did comment on Patrick Peterson, so that he's been texting with he, Patrick Peterson. But he referenced the cap being a tough thing to overcome with Patrick. He al- right, but he also said, I, I believe, um, was it Collar asked him about cornerbacks? Somebody didn't specifically asked him about cornerbacks, and he talked about the fact that this scheme actually provides help for that position. Like almost, I thought implying we, we don't need a shutdown guy because. We're actually going to, through our scheme, provide help to the corners. So would you go in on offense in the first round to shore that position up? Um, I'm not saying I mean, I'm for it. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. Well, I guess I'll answer this way. If they don't address center in free agency, which, I mean, there's really not that many options. There's pretty much one option. <laughs> it's J.C. Treader. Right. Then they're in the market for a center in the draft. Like I, I, I don't want to go into the season with Garrett Bradbury as the starting center, but I don't know. Like they basically have two options right now. Well, th- maybe there's a trade option, but how many teams are trading a center right now? Like a like an established franchise center. Yeah, I don't. I think that would have happened before free agency because the, you know, I think the the team trading that player would be looking to to clear some cap space, so, um, or to get draft capital. Two, but two, I two thoughts yeah, on I'm, that I'm, though. I would look to draft him. Two thoughts on that. I think the Vikings need two cornerbacks more than they need one center. And it's hard to find plug-and-play rookie cornerbacks. I get that. Like, plugging in a rookie center on day one, probably a lot more achievable, right? Like, we saw Garrett Bradbury did that. They they drafted him day one. He was their week one starting center. The only way you could probably acquire a center is if someone else drafted someone, and it's basically like, you know, didn't they, I'm blanking on this, but didn't they get rid of John Sullivan the Vikings did at the last minute or they, when they acquired him to, I'm blanking on the exact timelines of what had happened. But basically if someone was going to part on their veteran center, cause they believe that one of their rookies is ready to step up, you would make that trade in the training camp. But that's, I think the only real path you can have of finding another veteran center. That's not JC Treader on the free agent market. And see, I look at it like, I don't think Garrett Bradbury is a qualified starting NFL center. It's been three years. So right. maybe they look and see, see something different schematically. And the Vikings have been terrible at developing offensive linemen, so maybe they do see something in player development. But until that comes to fruition, he's a backup to me. Mm-hmm. So then they would need, going into the draft, two cornerbacks and a center if they don't address it in free agency. And I would actually put center at the top of that list because well, you right. can't win anything big in this league if you don't have an explosive offense in 2022. Right. And they they won't have an explosive offense if they have Garrett Bradbury at center. And you've got to give Cousins every opportunity to be successful. And and I do not think Garrett Bradbury playing in front of him helps him in any way. The cornerback thing, though, that, that I'm talking about, the Quasi 
brought up and broached, which is intriguing, is we provide help there. Basically what he's saying, so so Zimmer's defense put a significant onus on the corners. So like there was a lot to, to do and there were a lot of variables that could go wrong and you were totally screwed. What Quasi's saying is Ed Donatel's 3-4 is going to provide those guys with help that they didn't get in Mike's 4-3. Mm-hmm. So like he is ba- he is basically trying to say it's not as it's not as imperative that we have great players there as you guys are thinking. Which is why I'm pivoting to okay, if you're going to maximize Kirk, are they going to be th- thinking about the draft and how they do this differently cuz we're sort of operating under the corners being absolutely imperative to success. He's trying to say we're going to get them some help. Yeah. It's and just like a different you, philosophy. And you don't want to be incompetent at any of these positions, no. but like you're you're not going to be perfect at any of them either. So we've already sort of seen the glass ceiling for this team with a weak interior offensive line. And so that's why I just keep going back to it. Fix it. Yep. Fix it. Well, we've yes. never seen it fixed with Kirk Cousins, too. So right. fix it. Um all right, let's play uh let's play another one here. Quasi talking about Daniil Hunter and how all of that came together. We feel great where we are with Daniil. Um, you know, obviously that roster bonus was a, a call to come to the table and and, 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 di- and get in conversation and dialogue. And we had great conversation with Daniil, his representation, Zeke, all their members of this organization. And I can say we're all in a great place. You know, Daniil called me from vacation uh, the other day. And, you know, the second you get off the phone with a player like that, you understand why he's a great player. You can hear the urgency, the motivation in his face uh, and his voice to kind of resume where he is um, in the elite players in this league. And we're excited to have him back and, and, and ready to get in the fold. And he's got a new uh, partner on the way, which he texted about. And we're happy to, to, to do that here. Well, just sitting in Europe, just getting, a, <laughs> getting an $18 million signing bonus <laughs> dumped into your bank account. Send me that now. Amazing, man. Yeah, what a day for Daniil, right? Here's here's an eighteen million. We're going to convert this uh, to an eighteen million dollars signing bonus. So here it is in your Good. Swiss bank account. Oh, and by the way, we signed Zadarius Smith to take pressure off you on the other side of the keep him happy, man. Right. I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, edge rushers are definitely. If you look at Super Bowl blueprints, you're not going to find very many that don't have elite edge rushers that can pressure the quarterback. So you know. Good on them for pairing these guys together and cross your fingers on health. What did you think of the the number of times that he referenced the cap? I mean, he literally referenced the cap like like five or six times when asked yeah. about Patrick Peterson, when asked about Anthony well, Barr, it's realistic. Kirk Cousins thing. You know, I think it's absolutely true, and and I think so. I think what my read between the lines interpretation of that is very simple. I think he's trying to tell you that he is to a certain point being held hostage by the constraints, right? Because the cap, I mean, there were ways to get more cap room. And it's not hard to say, hey, if so-and-so is gone, if I'm with you, Phil, I don't think for one second that that a guy who is is into the sport in the way that Quasi is sits down and thinks to himself, really like having a running back that we're paying a ton to. I'm sorry. I just don't. It doesn't work. And and again, it has nothing to do about Dalvin. It has everything to do with one, he's hurt a lot. And two, he plays a position that that a guy like Quasi wouldn't value like this, right? So I think the cap thing is code for I'm working within the constraints of what I'm being allowed to do. Yeah. Don't yeah, do. I, th- I I do too. I think 
It's 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 so interesting, man, because he is saying all the right things and he is refusing to he is he is making it sound like this is organizational harmony. And I just don't think I, I, I don't think that he I don't think he's like being told what he can and can't do specifically. But I I go back to I think he was very much told at the beginning of all of this. Mm-hmm. We aren't stripping it down. Mm-hmm. So if you are planning on trading Kirk Cousins, you need a suitable replacement ready to rock and roll. Yes. And there was some steam that the Vikings had initial feeler conversations with the uh, the Texans about Deshaun Watson. But the problem there is, okay, so we've got some trades in place for Kirk, but we can't do this unless we get a suitable upgrade because the, the ownership wants to compete. So Deshaun Watson, okay, I guess he would be a suitable upgrade. And then from the Texan side, it was, oh, you're interested in Deshaun Watson. Cool, you have to make us an offer, and we have to set up meetings with him. Right. And then it becomes public. And so now now it's become public, and look what happened to two of the other four teams with incumbent quarterbacks. It became non-workable with Baker Mayfield, which the Browns were fine with. And then it became kind of non-workable for Matt Ryan. I mean, he didn't okay. make a big deal of it, but he basically no, said, I'm good, guys. I'm good, guys. Yeah, if you're going to flirt with this guy. So yeah. the only way that they could have explored an upgrade over Kirk Cousins, and I don't know, maybe people disagree, but Deshaun Watson yeah. is an upgrade over Kirk Cousins, yeah. is if they would have made it public, right, and gone through that song and dance, and then they get rejected, and now, which, oh, hey, Kirk. Which is exactly, what, which is exactly <laughs> or, why they wouldn't do it. Or exactly trade right. him beforehand right. and enter sort of an unknown abyss of, we have a 20% chance of getting Deshaun Watson but if we don't get him, it's kind of the you know it's kind of the blank canvas section here, or Marcus Mariota or something, and that's where I think the Wolf said we're not doing a blank canvas. We can't. We're not going back to Christian Ponder. Or I would um, Tavares Jackson. I would like to play a small game here called WWHD. What would Hinky do? <laughs> what would Sam have done? Okay, if Sam had been offered two draft picks, two let's say second round picks as compensation from the Browns for Kirk. Would Sam have said in his strip down, "Now, nah, man, we're do- no dog. We're good. We're good here." No, he takes he takes the picks. Exactly yeah. right. Um, if he Thielen's- probably would have traded Thielen, yeah. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why he said that, right? Like, like you don't just pull. If if Quasi's as smart as we think he is, I don't think you pull the name of Sam Henke from the air as a friend of yours just for fun. That's yeah. It is an interesting friendship. I'm I mean, just, it is just, the guy that stripped it down. Okay, just to keep this game going here, let's just say uh, if if they had chosen the Sam Hinky path, yes, two seconds for Kirk. Let's say gone. So Wentz Wentz got a uh, landed a second and a third, and then Matt Ryan got a third. So a couple couple seconds for Kirk. What would Thielen have garnered? That's a really interesting question because in some of the trades that we've seen, receivers they have not garnered that much um but i think you could have gotten what what do you think dex third round pick for him i think a third i mean maybe more dude i mean tyree kills significantly younger and obviously a top right. five receiver and now in the game he's been hurt a lot i and he's not young probably third yeah i, th- I think i think that's but i do think he trades okay i do think mm-hmm. he gets traded by sam hankey let's call it a third all right so then sam hankey's going through the roster and uh okay he gets <laughs> to he gets to daniel hunter what does he do with Daniel Hunter? You know, he might have tried to keep him as a building block guy. Because Daniel does Hunter, and, and I, just to be careful here, Zadarian Smith scares me because he, he is coming off back surgery. 
Daniil rebounded from the neck just fine and suffered another sort of freak injury, but I don't think I'm that scared about him. Yeah. Like the back scares me. Hunter going into last year scared me. He doesn't scare me now, so I think he probably keeps him. But keep going on to the name Eric Hendricks because okay. I think Eric, Eric Hendricks is gone. Okay, Eric Hendricks. He's a declining. He is a declining player. What would he have garnered in a trade? Uh, That's the thing is he uh, might have maybe gotten, a yeah. fourth or a fifth, and I don't even know if I they can get a fourth for him. I don't think so. A third? I, think, I think you could get a third for him. I, I, you were gonna give a. I, a third he's very round. highly regarded as a locker room guy. Yes. Yep. I don't know. And, and it depends if teams – well, a smart team would not trade a third. I think a football-y, football-dumb team, and there's still those, would have traded a third. I don't I, – I disagree. I think smart teams are willing to overpay if if it means, like, a final piece to a championship puzzle. You know, okay. If, if, if you think that's the case, then yes. So let's I'm call just saying it a, as far as the declining statistical performance or analytics. So should we call it a third? Sure. Let's call it a third. A lot of thirds here. What yeah. about Harrison Smith? What would Harrison Smith have garnered? <laughs> Sam, Sam Hinkie running the franchise here. That's a good one. I think I think he's still valued pretty highly. Don't I, you I think guys? it's like a second round pick. Okay, I don't know first, if it's a first, but first man, he's he's really good still. I mean, he's a safety who could now. He strikes me as the type of guy that the championship caliber team would say, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's an so, over the top guy. He is it fair to say that top. between Harrison and Kirk, that you would have gotten a first and two seconds in some capacity? I think so. Okay, I think so that's let's, a fair let's put a first on ball. Harrison. Okay. Yep. And I'll give you one more here. Dalvin Cook. Actually wouldn't shock me if they if that was still a thing. If they if they if, the, if they took it I think he's probably with the Vikings, but the injuries are gonna scare teams, and they should. But the ability of the guy is very interesting. And again, if you were close to being a championship team, he could give you a dynamic that'd be really intriguing. He is second. Somebody give a second. I think it's a second. Yeah, I think you get a second for him. It might <laughs> okay. be a third, but a second. But I mean, he is an intriguing guy. If he ever could stay healthy, he's super intriguing to me. But now he's aging, so that's another problem. Okay, so again, this is the Sam Hinky path here. Yeah, because because he reference, reference Sam Hinkie. We're going to strip Sam's this thing in. down. How quickly can we build it back up and trust the process? So, are we assuming that all these picks? Would would be 2022 picks, except for the other threes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, there'd be yeah. a second round pick for next year for the Kirk. Like the Kirk trade, yeah, the Kirk trade would probably be a 22, 23. Okay, so then over the next two years, you would have, by our math here, three first round picks. This is between this year's draft and next year's draft. Three first round picks. Yes. Five. Uh, five second round picks. Yep. <laughs> so you'd have seven. Picks in the first two rounds in the next two years, four third round picks. So you'd have, yeah, yeah. you'd have three. Now you're moving so, up, and now now you're packaging those to move up so, in drafts. Oh shoot, eight. So it's three, five, and four. So you, over the next two years, you'd have twelve picks in the first three rounds to spark your rebuild. Of course, you would need a quarterback, and you would. I but anyway, Justin Sam Jefferson, Sam Hank, Daniel Hunter. And this would this would open up now. Now you would have among the most cap space of any team in the NFL. You'd be right yes. there, kind of with the Bears yes. going into 2023 offseason, 24. Yes. So that's what it would look. Now you would be pretty bad in 2022. You would not be competing for the NFC North division crown, and you'd probably be like a four win team or something. But 
I'm just saying. I mean, that would have been the uh, that's what that would have looked like. If you're in trouble, say Sam Hinkie's name just once during your press conference, <laughs> and we'll come get you. Sam Hinkie. <laughs> Amazing. All um, right. All right. Uh, well, cheers to that exercise. What should we cheers with? Oh, I, let's see here. Let's see what we should do. How, how about the first overall pick in any beer draft? That's right. The Surly Furious, the best IPA around Surly Brewing. All of their products are fantastic. All of them are first-round picks, but Furious in particular, that's your quarterback. That's your star. That is at the very top of your draft. Cheers with a Surly Furious. And then let's see, once you're doing that, maybe you could do something like tweet at us at Jay Zolgad at Score North um, by showing us your cans. Show us your cans. That's right. Or Taps. show us Dex had a Dex had a can Did. inside the glass last oh, night. Yeah, great tweeted at me. Great it looked good. Bar Today, some guys like, I'm sick of you guys saying that. I said, why? why I, how can you wake up and be sick of seeing a delicious Surly Furious? No, can't. Amazing. Amazing. All right, so Quasi explaining the first couple weeks of free agency, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Actually, a Thor Nystrom's going to join us, our friend from NBC nice. Sports Edge, to just go super draft nerd geek out session. Can talk little, about corners and centers Monday and Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Love How it. Can they fix some of these uh, roster problems? See you guys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.